0: You know, the people who pass on don't want you to be miserable. And so I see it that by going on and being happy and experiencing joy and being involved more so with my other children's lives and just giving, you know, I decided instead of being angry and bitter, I'm just going to take the love that I have for him and just give more love to my other kids. <laughs>
1: That post you made today, you said something in regards to having the fortune of having misfortune. Yes. I don't know if that could have came at a better time and it hit me a certain way because I feel like talking about the conversation of death, I've always looked at it that way. And I feel like you have that option to look at look at a loss or any kind of trauma, where the hell we go through in life in that way. And I've always said that I feel like even though as much as that shit sucked, it's changed my life for the better. Obviously, you know, I would choose my dad over any lessons that I've learned, but there, there, there is something in, um, you know, in misfortune that can either make or break us. And I, 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 maybe I was misunderstanding it, but that's just the way I saw it, that there, is a, you know, there truly is a fortune in going through whatever misfortune you may have in your life, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. That's what it's about, because we, we all get so upset and aggravated with life, and we think, oh, the world hates me, God hates me, the universe hates me. And it's like, none of that is, none of that is true. You know, it's like Shakespeare says, well, whether it's good or bad is the thinking that makes it so. And we can either take our experiences and learn from them and grow, or we can become bitter and upset. And there's no reason to become bitter and upset. I mean, just life is life. Death happens, life happens, heartbreak happens. It's all part
1: of it. We all got shit going on, but I feel like when you're in the moment, I don't know, it always seems easier said than done. So is that something that you've, were you always like that in regards, I guess, maybe it's, it's an acceptance of this is the way the shit is and then just get, and then just continuing on? Like, how do you get to that point of, of just being like, well, you know, this is it. This is life. I'm going to get through it anyway.
0: Yeah. My childhood, we, I went through a lot of stuff. You know, I had a great grandfather that I knew when I was younger that I used to visit all the time. And he died when I was younger. And then within a year, I lost my grandfather, you know, his son. Um, I was only about 12. Our house is burned down twice. In, in my childhood, literally losing everything twice in my childhood. And I've also, you know, I kind of came into this world under a sort of a cloud because my I had an older brother who was killed in an accident at school. And I was the next child born after him. And so my middle name is Douglas. I was named after him. And so I kind of came into the world with that. You know, so there this you know death and just misfortune just seemed to just follow our family but i never felt unfortunate i never felt like i was deprived i never you know i felt sad for the loss but i never felt like you know uh woe is me my life is terrible even though i had lots of excuses to feel that way but i just never did i just i just saw that this is this is life this is what it is this is what happens every people die people have accidents we all go through this and and so, at a young age, I just you know kind of learned to roll with the punches, and uh it seems to be a, a something that um, a lot of people just don't get <laughs> So what <laughs> to me it was part of my childhood. It was you know is how I grew up, so as I get older and I see all these people miserable and feel terrible about everything I'm like. You know, the world needs to lighten up a little bit. I mean, this whole life thing is pretty amazing. We should be embracing it and just enjoying. it. You know, it's, it's like I tell people, don't get upset about their loss. Be excited about the fact that you had them in your life at all. I mean, to have gotten to know my great-grandfather, I mean, my great-great-grandfather, you know, is most people never even have that 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 opportunity. And I got to have him for, you know, 10 years. Ten years and go visit him all the time, and and to 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 have had that personal experience with him, you know, I consider that a blessing. And it was it was really sad when he died, but you know, I, I just enjoyed the fact that I I got to know who he was. And then when my grandfather died, kind of the same the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, he had kind of a hard life, and but he was he was there at a time that I. I got to know him, you know, and he was kinda his life was ending. He knew it. He had he had all kinds of health problems and he was drinking himself to death. He knew he was going. He kinda wanted to go wanted to go, I think. And uh, having that opportunity, you know, kind of sit and listen to him talk about life, it gave me a better appreciation to to enjoy my life, to not become bitter and let it all drag you down. It seems like it's just
1: it's just a perspective shift most of the time. You know, I I feel like you have such a beautiful perspective through your experiences that I I feel like that's a big message I hope people would take from this. But what what do you think it is for people that, and correct me if I'm wrong, you 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 just said you had a good experience. It seemed like you had a loving relationship. So you had a lot to be, you know, feel like you were blessed for. But what about someone who loses someone when maybe, you know, obviously there's love there and they love the person that died, but maybe they had some rough patches. And then, you know, how sometimes that could turn into regret and guilt for not doing this or that how would you say some people can have that same perspective of a blessing because you had this time with this person who passed, but what if that time they had was tumultuous? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, You know, It's like you you have the regrets thinking that relationship could have been better if you had done something, um, if you had tried harder or whatever. But instead of, I mean, you can't change the past you can't, you know, and, and part of the anxiety and depression that we experience in this life is our desire to try to go back and fix everything. You have to always look forward. So instead of getting upset about what you experienced, you take that experience and you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to take people for granted. I'm not going to let animosity and these regrets drag me down. Now I understand better how to live a relationship, you know. So it's like, In a way, you repair the relationships of your past by being better at relationships as you go forward. You know, because you've learned, you, you you know how to do it wrong. So now you can do it better. So now you're, you know, with children or just new people that you meet. Because of your bad experiences and because of the mistakes you've made now, then now you're in a perfect position to do it right. And that's how you can correct the past is by not making those same mistakes as you go forward. So you're you're blessing people's lives because of the mistakes that you've made.
1: I love that. And that's kind of what you you mentioned this morning in your post, I guess, the the fortune of misfortune. And that's kind of turning the misfortune into a fortune. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you said something, I I guess the one that got me interested. I mean, I I love your work. I think you're brilliant. Uh, But there's one Thank one, thing, Of course. There's one thing you posted, uh, I don't know, it was like a year ago. You were specifically talking about death and you may have meant, spoke about death a few times, but uh, you, you specifically mentioned, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. And I feel like that's, a, you know, it's a, a basic principle that we've been taught for forever. Does that give you comfort? And I bring that up because when people talk, bring ask David, what do you think about the afterlife? What happens after? And I, I always go back to that principle of saying, I mean, we can't be created or destroyed. We're just, you know, we're, we're going back to energy, when we are energy, but we're going back to a different form that maybe that we were prior, does that offer you a sense of peace in knowing what may or may not happen when we pass? Because to me, it kind of scares the shit out of me. <laughs> so I know, like I said, I know we are energy, but at the same time, if we're just going to be floating around for eternity like that, that's what freaks me out more than dying, if that, if that makes sense. But does, what is that? What is that? how does that make you perceive death with that belief, if I have it correctly?
0: As you said, you can't destroy energy, but ch- energy does change. I mean, it does transform. It does grow in strength and, and such. And I think that our experience here is, is an enhancement of our experience beyond here. You know, there's a reason. There's got to be a reason that we're here and that we're having this experience. Whether you believe it's from myself, you know from from a God, or if you think it's just a big cosmic accident that we're just fortunate to be here, regardless, we are here, we are having this experience, and we cannot but but grow from it and it gives me a lot of consolation when I know people have passed on they're not really gone they've just they've just transformed into something else, and that when we move on. We are going to have those opportunities to regain those relationships. I do feel I feel strongly that 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 is the case.
1: Yeah, I think like that's comforting in some sense. If I if I believe something like that, which I do, then I'm going to reconnect with my father. I mean, that sounds pretty ideal. <laughs> so, with the idea of energy, do you believe in uh, that they can contact us in some odd
0: way, or do you think there's a disconnect there? I think there's a disconnect there. I think that you 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 move on beyond here, and I, I think these. You know, seances and trying to connect with the dead. I think that's just. I guess some people find console find comfort in it, but I I don't I don't see how it can because you're in a way you're trying to draw them back in, and and I don't I don't think it's necessary. I think you just let that go, and then when the time comes, you have the relationship you need to have. And this idea of closure or something, I, I guess if it makes you feel better about yourself, but I I think most a lot of that I think it's just. Uh, you know, cold readings. I I think a lot of it's just nonsense. (laughs) I think it's just people taking advantage advantage of other people's vulnerability. And uh, I I just, I dislike those whole thing, that, that whole thing entirely. You know, Einstein talked about how we only have access to like less than a half a percent of what's going on around us. I mean, we just, we have such a limited capacity to to understand everything that's taking place or to even perceive it. Right in front of us, you're saying? Like right in front of us? Yeah, right here. You know, just all kinds of energies going on, you know, that we just don't see. Some will say it's alternative realities or, or whatnot, but we're so limited in what we're, we're experiencing. In a ways, I feel like we're the ones who are dead. We're the ones who are disconnected with the whole source. And then when you pass on, you reconnect with that source. You know, so when you think of it that way, this, and this is how I do. I, I look at it that we're the ones who have been separated for whatever reason and we're having this experience. And then when we die, we actually just go back to that ultimate reality, to that ultimate experience. And so it, you really shouldn't be upset and depressed that somebody dies because in reality, they're becoming more alive and moving on.
1: You know, it brings me back to something I thought of yesterday. I was talking to my buddy and uh, I was thinking like if we pass, well, I mean, when we pass, what if it's like so much better then, and we've been agonizing this whole time being fearful of death. And once we get there, we're like, oh, this is amazing. I should have lost myself sooner. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? So I, I always wonder like what this journey really is. And I'm curious what you think, like, like if we're just gonna go back to where we were, what was the point of like, why are we here? Like, is, it to, is it to get to a higher level of consciousness the next when we return? Like, what do, you, what do you think this is,
0: what the hell are we doing? I think that being able to come here where we get to experience ultimate free will, and by that mean, I mean, we're separated from, in my, my thoughts, we're separated from God. And as long as we're in the presence of God or the all-knowing universe, whatever you want to say, and that there's a true understanding of what's right and wrong, you never really grow because you, it's always very prevalent what the answers are. It's just all right there. And so here we have this situation where we can come here and we can truly understand the difference between right and wrong because we can do both. We can choose to do good for the sake of doing good, or we can choose to do bad because it benefits us. I and mean, we can really look at life as just being a, a free-for-all, and you can come here and get away with whatever you want to. And in this life, you can. I mean, you, you really can. Yeah. You can do really horrible, terrible things in this life, and many do. Many, you know, it's like, hey, we're, we're free. I, I mean, true free will means that you're free of consequences, and if you're in that, if you really, truly believe that you are free of consequences and that you can do whatever you want, that is ultimate freedom. And what do you do with that freedom? What do you, how, how do you behave? Do you take it with respect and see that it's a great responsibility to, to do the right thing, even though you can do something horrible? Or do you think, hey, this is all for me. This is all about me, me, me. I can do whatever I want. I can lie, cheat, steal take whatever I want, do what I want, screw people over, who cares, doesn't matter. It's all about me. And so it's really this opportunity to kind of see who we truly are when we're separated, uh, you know, from, from the ultimate reality. And uh, it can be a
1: humbling experience. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I keep saying Jesus. I just said it again saying it again. Um, the whole <laughs> the whole idea of no like no consequences to me, it's like a synonym for a sociopath, but that's a whole other conversation uh so do you believe there's do you, do you think there's uh no consequence like, after this do you think the consequences follow us
0: oh no i do believe there are consequences sure but you could the thing is is in this life you can seriously in this i mean there are many people who have gotten away with horrendous horrible things because in this life you can say oh, look there's no god punishing me. if i can if i could trick other people into thinking i didn't do anything wrong i can get away with it i make lots of money and buy people off and buy off authorities and do terrible things. I mean, you can do, if you decide that that's what you believe, that this life is just for you to get whatever you want and that you can avoid consequences if you're smart, and rich and powerful enough, you can do it. And when you're in a position like this world, you, you can pull it. If that's the kind of life you want to live, you can do it.
1: Yeah. You think those people that are living that way are in for a rude awakening when they cross over?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I hope I hope so, because I don't want to end up in the same space as them if they're going to continue that life with yeah. no consequences. I don't know. I might stay
0: here a little longer. Yeah, no. no I, I, I do think that there's, a, there's something greater. I think part of this life is learning and understanding that and accepting it and knowing it. And truly making the choices to be good and do good because it's just the right thing, not because you... Or trying to win brownie points with a guy in the sky. I mean, that's kind of a silly notion, really. But just by being by being a good person, becoming a good person when given the opportunity, that's an amazing thing. It's an amazing opportunity.
1: And, I, you know, if I'm following you and watching you, you have like a poise about you and the way you, I mean, your morals and the way you see life. And like I said, I don't know you on a deep level just from what I've seen and what we spoke about so far. Where does that come from? Is that from your studies or is that something like... Were you raised in a religious background? Do you identify with a specific religion, or do you just have your own way of life?
0: Um, I think it's a combination. I I was raised a Mormon, Latter Day Saint. I still still practicing. But one of, one of the earliest things that I, re, I remember learning was in 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 our studies, we're told to look in the best books. The truth is scattered all over the place. That you know that we don't hold all the truth. We hold. We hold our part of the uh, part of the truth, but that the whole reality, the whole truth, is out there. We got to go out look for it. And so, at a young age, I started searching other religions and um, you know philosophy. And you see themes throughout. You know whether you study Buddha or Taoism or Christianity, Judaism, it all really comes down to this idea of of personal responsibility and that this whole thing, this whole life thing is, is a beautiful gift for us to truly learn and understand what all of the ultimate reality is. Because even though we've had and experienced the ultimate reality, we don't really fully understand it until we have that opportunity to act and create ourselves. And so this life is that opportunity to do that and that we can do like i said we can do whatever we want but when we learn to let go of our own will and give give into the a higher higher belief higher power then we fully truly to understand what joy is and happiness and but it's a difficult thing because we're kind of in this dualistic thing where we we have wants and needs and desires you know we we want to eat we want to have nice houses and we want to have fancy cars and we want to promulgate the species with as many as we can, you know that kind of thing. So we have all those those ambitions and desires. But through the study, you know, you just you just learned that a lot of that stuff, when you focus on yourself and the greed and the and the lust and all those things, it destroys you. It takes you away from the the ultimate reality. When you when you're replacing, worshiping yourself instead of worshiping God. Or that we create a God in our own mind that fits our desires. You know, that's something I think a lot of people do is that they think they're worshiping God, but in reality, they're just worshiping themselves by creating God that believes what they believe. And that's a distraction. That becomes a big problem. And that's why we have a lot of wars over religion and why that kind of ruins religion because of that, because of man's desire to make God into their own image versus what should be, which is us trying to learn and understand God and God, find God's ways, versus us creating our own reality and then saying, okay, this is what God's supposed to be, because this is what I think it is. That's been my, my whole pursuit, is uh, trying to find that balance between my desires and my dreams and my hopes, and then finding that ultimate reality and, and uh, finding that balance and that harmony, you know?
1: Yeah, there's so many there's so many things that are jumping in my head right now, but especially what you said about whether it's you know, Buddhism, the Tao or Christian whatever whatever your belief system is, there I have noticed there are it's like everyone's saying different things, but we're saying the same thing.
0: Yeah, we have a different normal culture, yeah, semantics, but when it really comes down to it is it's about overcoming your desires, over, overcoming those passions and having the control Is it the ego? Yes. It's all about the ego, uh, about destroying the ego, which I like to explain to people, the best way to understand ego is, your, is pride. I and mean, that really is what ego is, is it's pride. When you learn to let go of pride, when you learn humility, true humility, and you let go of your own understanding and you know, find reverence for, for things that you don't have an understanding of, it's an amazing experience when you, when you let go. It's very freeing. You just said letting go, and I and I kind of related
1: that to uh, you were saying. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said something about giving in to a higher power or something of the sort, which I kind of connected to you saying letting go of pride. I feel like there's a connection there too. Mm -hmm. And then back to the topic, we're we're still on topic, obviously. But in regards to like the loss that you've experienced, I feel like that all kind of ties in because when you lose someone, when you're when you feel that pain, and I don't know what pain you felt, because I've always said, even though if I lost, I lost my dad, and someone else lost their dad, there is a a bond there and there's a commonality, maybe a a common denominator, but I still will never know what you feel because there's so many other variables of what someone else is going through, where where they are in their life and X, Y, Z. So I don't like saying I understand because I don't, you know, there's a commonality, but I don't, but I feel like it's so important to let go in any capacity of our life, whether you're dealing with work, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. But when it comes to grief, do you remember... Is there anything that stood out to you? Because It just seemed like you had a you know a little bit of a cloud following you with death around you growing up. So, do you remember any kind of process of working through it, or like I guess in regards to your innate understanding that this is what it is? But did you do you recall ever having a process of getting through the grief?
0: Yeah, most specifically, you know, we uh, me and my wife, we lost our youngest child. He was uh, he was ten days old. He, he died uh, from pneumonia, and. Just a few years before this, I'd lost my father when he was young. You know, when I was uh, 28, you know, just had just before my third child was born, he passed away. So he was only 54 himself. So dealing with that, and then and then when lost my son Richmond, we called him Thad. The process is, you know, you go through all of the grief, you go through it. And one thing I've learned uh, when you're going through is just let yourself. Do just let yourself breathe. Just cry your guts out. Just feel whatever it is that you need to feel. And don't feel bad about feeling that way. Just experience it. And you know, a lot of that is the thought that I've lost something. Um, but the ultimate reality is that I never had it. We don't we, we don't really have things. We get to experience things, but when we try to have ownership and possession of them, that's the illusion. Of it all, because all of this can be gone very quickly, and experiencing that loss of the you know the permanence because you know we've we had children before and you know you just you have the expectations that they're they're young they're healthy you know you just always have that they're going to be there that they're you know they're going to be there through your whole life they're going to be a part of your life and then to have one come in and be there for a short period of time and then gone it's a gut-wrenching thing it's 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 the most grief i've ever experienced and some people become bitter because the the grief overcomes you so much that you feel like you're never i mean really i understand that feeling of i'll never be happy again i could never possibly experience joy ever again after having this experience i mean i really i understand that feeling instead of being upset about losing i i I changed it to gratitude of I'm grateful that I had a few days to be with him you know even though I worked I was working a midnight shift so I was working nights so I didn't get to spend a lot of time I only got to hold my son once at the hospital and then maybe a couple more times you know and one time that I I was at home and my wife was working on something and she brought brought him in and said hey can you watch him for a few minutes and you know, I got to lie on the bed with him on my chest for for a few hours, and it was just a just a beautiful moment. I got to, you know, I love doing that with my kids in their firstborn. You just, you know, lay them on your chest, and they're so young, and and it was it was really the only period of time I, I got to spend with my son. And then a few days later, he he passes. And like I said, instead of being upset, I'm grateful and then i also hold on to that that thought that i'm going that he isn't completely gone that he's out there he's that at some point in time we'll reconnect and uh and i feel that strongly i feel that in every fiber of my being that he's still there that i feel like he's you know he's 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 around and and a lot of it's just instead of being upset like i said i i like to celebrate that i got to have any time there's a lot of people in this world who Never get to even have a child. We just don't have the opportunity. It really just comes down to just uh, just appreciating what it is for why you have them. You know, appreciate that love, appreciate that connection, and then as you move on, just knowing that you know, as I've told other people, you know, the people who pass on don't want you to be miserable. And so I see it that by going on and being happy and experiencing joy and Being involved more so with my other children's lives and just giving, you know, I decided instead of being angry and bitter, I'm just going to take the love that I have for him and just give more love to my other kids. You know, a lot of times people, when their child passes away, most marriages will fall apart because they hold on to that bitterness and that grief. But for us, it drew us together because we got through it together. You know, and uh, yeah, you just move on and you just decide to be happy. And instead of being upset that I'm happy because, oh, oh, this terrible thing happened to me. How dare I be happy again? I make that joy part of my celebration of, of, of him, you know, that I, I do move on and that uh, we're, we, we continue as a family. We continue as a loving unit and that we're, we still involve him. We still think about him. You know, when we take a family picture, we have a we got a little teddy bear when he passed away as a gift. And we've kept that teddy bear. And when we have a family photo together, we'll have that teddy bear in the picture with us to represent him. You know, and that's something it's kind of our way of uh, having been there. So it's 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 letting go, but it's holding on to it in just a positive way. Not holding on to the grief and upset and resentment, but holding on to the love and the experience just carrying that it's so
1: much easier to stay in that resentment stay in that anger than it is to do what you and your family did you know what i mean like to make that conscious it seems like the obvious choice like, obviously i think we all want to be happy and and you know find the blessing and things but that to me that's the harder path you know like we want to get there but it's so much easier just to swallow in whatever the hell you're feeling there's a quote i heard from the show uh Afterlife, that I, couldn't get through. I don't know what the hell was going on, but there was one scene in like the first episode, there's a guy doing a monologue and he was talking about whatever the hell he was going through. You have the choice to see it as suffering or you have the choice to see it as a lesson. And I think that goes back to what we spoke about with the fortune of misfortune. You have a choice to choose these two paths. Um, but I just wonder what makes someone being able to do it? Because I've seen people close to me that lost someone or going through whatever doesn't always have to be lost and they just collapse and they never found their way out. And even to the end of their life, they passed never getting over it. And I just wonder what that switch is. Is it nature versus nurture? Is it just who they are? Is it like what like what is it that got you to the incredible place to really work through this shit? And then some people just collapse and then that's it. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's
0: yeah. I, I think it's what it really comes down to is how you've internalized the 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 experience. Because you know, when somebody dies and we love them with all the heart. It's the, the person who you love the most, let's say. And they die. A lot of times what happens is we internalize this idea that you can never be happy because by being sad and upset and miserable is your way of continuing to love them. And so you might look at it as, oh, they're, it's destroying them. But in their way, the way they, they understand it is this is how they show their love for who's passed on. Because they feel like they don't deserve to be happy and that they've surrendered being happy because in their mind, because this is how they're showing their love. And I think a lot of people, they hold on to that. That's their way of saying I love them is by continuing to grieve. So I encourage people to, instead of doing that, why don't you show your love by living a great life, by being happy, by when you go out and experience something happy and you think about them, make them part of your joy. Make that you know, hey, look, I'm happy and I'm excited. I wish you were here. And in a way, you are. You're a part of this. You're, my success <laughs> is your success. I am what I am because of who you are, because of what you gave to me, because of the love you gave to me. I'm going to go on and become successful and happy because of my experience with you. And that's a greater way of showing love.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. And I, it's, I just said the other day on the episode that I dropped on a Friday, I was thinking of if, if and when my mom passed, I was like, and knowing my strong Italian mother that I got, if she passed and I wasn't able to talk to her anymore, and she would tell me, "David, like it's all good. Do your thing. Be happy. Live your life. Obviously, grieve or whatever, but live your life." I know that's what my mom would want. So I, I didn't really connect the dots as to what you just said. That makes so much sense. How we, we, we feel like we don't. We like I feel guilty of being happy. There comes like a crossroads at some point where you gotta kind of let the baggage go. And that's such a, way of, uh, such a beautiful way of putting it. It makes so much sense as to
0: why. They want you to be happy. They love you. They want you to experience happiness and joy. They don't want to be the cause of your misery. They don't want to see you just spiral into uh, depression and sadness. They want to know that they were a part of your life and they did something good, that they were a strong, positive impact, and that you went on to live a great life because they love you. And they, you don't want them to be miserable and upset. No, you want them to be happy. They want you to be happy. And the way you make them happy is by being happy, by moving on. You're not forgetting. Your love for them isn't diminished. and In fact, it's growing. It's become it stronger.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a correlation, too. People think getting happy is forgetting them. And it's like, no, it couldn't be further from the truth. Literally what you just said.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're, you know, your mother has probably given you great advice throughout your life and has always been very comforting and, and supportive. And that's going to be with you. She might physically be gone, but that spirit, that understanding and that connection, that will always be there. That will always be with you. And when you continue to connect with that, you know, it's like, when I think about my own father. He was a mechanic. He was a diesel mechanic. He was always working. He worked on cars, built race cars. And it's, it's kind of fun because every time I work on a car, I feel like I'm reconnecting with my dad. And I enjoy it. I enjoy, even, even the whether it's frustrating, a lot of times working in cars and make mistakes. And sometimes you go through everything and it doesn't work. I mean, it's just it's frustrating. But I still remember, you know, the things he taught me how to work on a car and the, and the lessons he gave me, they always pop into my head. You know, they're always there. So I feel like I still have that. Like, he's still there. He's still, he's part of me. He's part of my, my whole experience. And I love that. And when we see our those who've passed on and we make them a part of us, you know, remember what we went through, went, go through those experiences. There's just so much love. There's just so much joy to experience in this life. You know, why let all these things get you down? Because it's it's all temporary. None of this is going to last forever. It's all temporary.
1: And they said, they said that the echoes of... Uh... The echoes of memory—that's that's what really lasts, and I think that's why I think it's important to talk about the people we lost. I've I've even you hear people sometimes oh, I don't even I don't even want to talk about it because the pain's still there. And sometimes I think that's a good gauge of sometimes where people are in their healing process, if you will. Like if their name gets brought up, if it doesn't bring up smiles and or happy tears or something like that, I think that's kind of like a radar of where you are in your process. Because now it's been 22 years since 9 11, so it's like I'm in a much different place. I can make sick dark jokes like I usually do and, and think of my dad and don't get, I get sad still, but like it's a different reaction and how you remember people and those memories, until I go senile, those memories are, are all we have.
0: Yeah, I, I like to, when I talk to people who are experiencing, who are going through grief and, and such, you know, your, your action is when somebody you hear somebody's died, your first reaction is, oh, how did they die? You know, that's almost always your first reaction. Well, how did, how did it happen? Well, got, you know, uh, you know. And I stopped asking people that I stopped caring I figure at some points I I'll, I'll know and but and really it's not important to me so instead I like to say that's unfortunate well what's your what's your favorite memory of them you know what is it that you know when you think about your dad or your your grandpa or your wife you whoever's passing on your sister whatever What's your happiest memory of them? I mean, what is it when you think of them, what, what's the moment you go back to? And it's fun because you see them just for a moment, they stop grieving because now they're remembering something great. And, and I love being able to do that to help somebody reconnect with the joy that they had in their life. <laughs> you know? Or I'll ask, what's, what, what was probably one of the most important things they ever said to you? You know, ask... Ask those kinds of things. Ask about their life. Ask about what they they had. Not how they died. How they died, that's not a part of who that person is. It doesn't matter. But how did they live? That's what you focus on. And that helps people more than anything else. You'll you'll see them just sort of have that moment of, oh, I mean, I've seen people completely just completely wrecked. And then I'll say, well. What's your favorite memory? Did, did they ever give you something, you know, a gift? What was their favorite gift they ever gave you? Do you still have it? You know, those kinds of things. And you can see people just kind of start kind of getting out of their funk.
1: That's so simple, yet I've, I mean, I've only been around for 33 years and counting. I've, I've never even thought of that. I'm kind of pissed off that I didn't even think of that. That's, that's like such an easy shift of perspective. And I think that correlates and sets the stance for a, how, you know, I think you live life, what it seems like, and setting the tone for that person. I feel like a simple question like that, which, like you said, you've seen can set the tone for how they continue on the journey after seeing you. You know, I mean, like the, the, that simple perspective shift is really what it is. And it seems like that's how you've accomplished a lot of what you've had to go through in life is just a perspective shift. And I really believe it's, it's that simple, but it's just, it's just actually doing it.
0: It really is people who go through years and years of counseling to overcome their past traumas and stuff. I like to ask them, so at one point in time, you're hoping where you're going through all your therapy that you're going to have that breakthrough moment that's going to make it all right for you, right? That's what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, okay. What is that moment? What is it that you're going to experience in that moment that's going to change everything for you? And you'll see as people start thinking about it, they start going through all the trauma and everything, and they always, almost always come to the same conclusion. Well, I just decide it doesn't hurt anymore, or I've just, it's, it comes to a decision that they make that they're going to move on, that they've worked it through. And then I say, well, why you stopping you from just doing that now? And when you, when you put it that way, you re- realize it really is a single moment where it all changes. If you don't know what that moment is, maybe that's your problem if you decide if you decide what that moment is, as soon as you decide what that moment is, guess what you just had it we We have so much more power than we think, and it's like cliche,
1: yes, I know kind of woo-woo whatever but it's we have so much more power <laughs> than we think and it's and I'm still figuring this shit out but i, I in my head I'm like I feel like it's literally just. A snap of the finger. I feel like, I don't know if it was Bob Proctor that I heard or someone said, it's like fear and flip it. And I feel like that's what you did with that question when you see someone grieving. Instead of asking, oh, how did they die? You just flip it to the opposite and more happy side. <laughs> it was asking a positive question and get her. Yeah. Get her like, I feel like our brain is like uh, like Yahoo or like a Google search engine. You start asking questions, your brain starts searching for immediately searching for the answers to that question. So ask a positive question. Listen, I feel like we can go on for like nine more hours. So maybe one day we can- I do what I want in this podcast, and if we could find another time to maybe do this again, that'd be amazing. But before we, before I let you go, where are you with death? Are you do you have any fear of it at this point?
0: Well, there is certainly a lot more that I want to do with my life, and I, you know, I am a lot of that's just watching my kids grow up and spending more time with my wife and, and others. But no, I, I don't, I don't fear it at all. You know, when it comes, it comes. I am not afraid of it. I am not. I'm just, I just—I don't think it's anything to be afraid of. I just want to live every day that I've got and be grateful for it and just enjoy it while I'm here. What else can
1: we do? What else can we do except uh, do that and do podcasts, um, Ronnie? Thank you so much for it's—it's it's, like I said. I don't want to—I don't want to make your head t- too big, but it's—it's it's real, truly an honor. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's so cool to actually like, you know. I wish I could shake your hand, but it's so cool to do it this way and just have an opportunity to talk to someone who have you know, it's just it's it's cool to see someone with your perspective and the way you bring in the humor because a big part of the, a big part of my coping mechanism for anything in life is humor and you just do it so naturally and I, I, it seems like you're a very smart man so i think you know exactly what you're doing and your strategy i don't know it's just so well done i think it's such a great way of giving people real life lessons real deep insight that what you believe is true and i think is a great perspective and mixing that with humor to like almost lighten it is just I don't know in my, in my head that's the perfect combination so I commend you for what you're doing I can't wait to see more and more of what you do and uh, I just truly want to thank you for the time to be on this podcast
0: it means a lot well thank you it's been a delightful conversation and, uh, and a privilege thank you